Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot of ground to cover today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Sharon Reed, host, commentator, and TYT sports contributor, all-star. Always fascinating to have her on the program. Top story of the day, Donald Trump, well, he's telling you exactly what he's going to do if you give him power again. Put up his picture full mask. Understand that democracy leads by a round of applause from some group every time. That group in America is called MAGA. The New York Times reported Saturday that if Donald Trump wins back the presidency, he plans to quickly detain millions of undocumented immigrants in vast camps in Texas. He will try to end birthright citizenship, renew a version of his Muslim ban, and deny visas to foreigners whose politics and their ideology are adverse to his. Let's start with Mother Jones. The draconian measures are part of a blitz described by far right Trump immigration advisor Stephen Miller. As an effort to execute an array of problematic and, in some cases, clearly illegal steps to restrict legal immigration and deport millions before immigration rights lawyers and federal courts can catch up. Trump's anti immigration plan is the latest detailed authoritarian blueprint to emerge from within the indicted former president's brain trust. Trump, if elected, also reportedly plans to immediately invoke the Insurrection Act to allow him to deploy the military against civil demonstrations. Isn't that ironic? In civil service protections so he can fire large swaths of federal workers, something he tried to do before, and use the Justice Department to prosecute critics and political enemies. It may not be news that Trump wants to do such things. But the specificity and resolve with which his advisors are preparing to implement his wishes is a major departure from Trump's past attempts. Throughout his first term in office, Trump's malicious intentions were often thwarted by his administration's inexperience, incompetence, and advisors who tried to instill some presidential norms and prevent their boss from violating the law. Trump and his remaining loyalist, the Times notes, believe they will face no such restraints in a second term. Where are we? We are at a crossroad. We are on the edge. We are on a slippery slope, a thin line, whatever you choose to call it. Donald Trump is laying out the blueprint. He's telling you exactly what he will do. Likely he would do this on day one if you give him power again. The man right now has no political power. He has no governmental power, but he still has political power and governmental power de facto. He's been granted courtesy inside of courtrooms that no defendant has ever received. 
Literally, a judge told him just the other day that Trump can talk negative about him all he wants to. A judge has never said that. You have a criminal justice system not willing to do what is necessary to prosecute a criminal. Now, when I say that, I know we'll look at some of the indictments and we'll say, well, he has indictments. Yes, he has indictments. But he also has violated gag orders multiple times. His bond should have been revoked. He should be sitting inside of a place called Fort County Jail right now. But he's not. What does he want to do? In birthright citizenship, we're going to go down the list here. The 14th Amendment of the Constitution says anyone born on US soil is guaranteed citizenship. Trump hopes to sidestep the law by ordering federal agencies to stop issuing documents like social security cards and passports to any babies born to non-citizens. Though such a policy is unconstitutional on its face, Trump's entourage hopes to have it in place prior to an eventual Supreme Court ruling. Isn't that something? Let's talk about why birthright citizenship is codified inside of the US Constitution. Without it, the powers that be said that black people born in America were not citizens and could never be citizens because of the country, according to them, black people came from, meaning their lineage could not transform. Thus, they would have no stake to become citizens in the United States of America, regardless of where they were born. 14th Amendment said, mm, wait a minute, that's not correct. US Supreme Court interpreted that birthright citizenship is a thing, and we have thus codified it into law. And now Donald Trump says that very thing that allowed black people to be considered citizens in the United States of America will be challenged, overturned. Or ignored. There's more. He wants to end DACA. Trump would renew his efforts to end a popular Obama era program that shields the deportation, shields from deportation any undocumented people brought to the USS children. In 2020, the Supreme Court blocked Trump's first effort to ditch the program. But today's ultra conservative court might rule differently. He wants to ban Muslims again. Trump hopes to reinstate his ban on travel to the US from multiple Muslim majority countries. President Joe Biden ended that policy on his first day in office. Though Trump does not appear to plan to try to implement the sweeping Muslim ban he called for while campaigning in 2016, he has said that is the goal of his policy. There's more. He wants to boot refugees, remember. A refugee is a legal status in the United States. Trump intends to suspend America's refugee program. He plans to include possible deportation. Tens of thousands of Afghans who settled in the United States in 2021 after the Taliban took over because Trump held a secret meeting with them and provided the catalyst necessary. Many of them are former allies or supporters of the US military who were allowed to enter the United States because 
of the likelihood they would be killed by the Taliban in reprisal. Under Trump's plan, they would be sent back and for surely put to death. There's more. Loyalty test for Israel. This is called your proxy test. Trump has said he would cancel the visas of foreign students who took part in protest against Israel. He also wants to expand ideological screening of visa applicants to block people his backers consider, quote, to have undesirable attitudes, end quote. Roundups to achieve mass deportation of undocumented immigrants, including otherwise law-abiding people who have lived in the U.S. for decades. Trump would order immigration and customs to carry out sweeping raids. Instead of merely arresting specific individuals, the agency would detain a large number of people in public places. Personnel from other federal law enforcement agencies, along with the National Guard troops and police from willing local jurisdictions, would be deputized by the federal government to help, according to Miller. Then comes the camps. Miller said the new Trump administration would build vast holding facilities, likely on open land in Texas near the border for undocumented immigrants who would be detained there until they are deported. Send in troops. Trump also hopes to use the military to round up undocumented migrants. This is clearly illegal. There's an act that bars this, bars the deployment of the US armed forces for domestic law enforcement, but he's going to ignore that. Trump aims to get around that by invoking the Insurrection Act again. With the claim that illegal border crossings constitute anti-government rebellion. You see what he's doing here, right? He's the only person that animated an anti-government rebellion. We said, we said you have to use the Insurrection Act against Donald Trump, his cronies, those that support it immediately. Utilize it by way of the system that it is applied. But no, they play games and they still are. Declare a health emergency. Miller told the Times that Trump's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention would invoke a public health law that allows the administration to expel visa-less asylum seekers who arrive at the border without first considering their claims. The administration applied a similar strategy during COVID by means of an emergency rule known as Title 42. But without a pandemic, Miller said, the Trump uh, the Trump team would simply claim that severe strains of the flu, scabies, tuberculosis, and other illnesses like RSV and so on, are just a general issue of mass migration being a public health threat that will constitute the emergency. And let's not forget about the children, kids in cages. Trump's draconian plans do not explicitly include a renewal of the family separation policy spearheaded by Miller. 
and others where more than 5,000 children from infants to teens, including US born, were forcibly taken from their parents and even held in cages. To this day, many still haven't been reunited. Despite a court ruling barring the policy, most of the times, Trump has left open the possibility of resuming it anyway. That's the America you want. Vote for Donald Trump, he will give it to you. And it's not just him. You see, he hasn't figured these things out. But there are very racist people in this world who have very, very evil ideas and they understand the government enough. They understand rule of law enough to actually implement these ideas. Donald Trump is surrounding himself with actual white supremacists who want to bring this country not back to where it was, but even worse than that. What happened to freedom of speech? What happened to diversity, the melting pot known as America? What happened to understanding that the differences of this country is what makes us strong? What happened to hearing someone out who may not have the same background as you? This is going to guarantee that America is hated in ways that it has never been. This is going to guarantee that individuals inside of this country who are law abiding will be arrested, deported, and likely executed. This is going to guarantee that their family will hate us until they die. And their family's family will hate us until they die. We will become a different nation, making us a different people. All right, sharing thoughts. Well, it's explosive. And I hear pundits um, throughout the last several days referencing Hitler, Mussolini, saying Trump is taking statements and really plays out of their playbook. And they're probably right. But Representative Clyburn, Dr. Ritchie said that three years ago. We, yeah. we see the writing on the wall. And I think people don't want a history lesson. And it may not even matter except for this, Doc. We are on the verge of an authoritarian regime, okay? He will sit atop it. And so people should probably just take the USA Today version and say, you know what? Think of your worst nightmare. You don't know what mine is. I don't know what yours is. But if either one of us became the leader of the free world, only we're authoritarian, it's whatever I wake up and say it is that day. That's right. They need to be afraid. Very much so. And for those who are down with this plan, vote for Trump. He will deliver. If you're not, vote for anything but him. A mayor has a son. The son is caught on camera hurling racial slurs, doing a lot of other things. Put up the picture for a mask. This is a hell of a story. I'm taking you to Indiana. Misha Waka, Indiana, Mayor Dave Wood issued an apology after that July 2022 video of his son, Joseph, was using racial slurs and it was released online. Okay. Now, this is a hell of a thing. Put up the screenshots of what they were doing. So the video, 
actually captures Joseph pretending to be the police conducting a traffic stop. And then he goes through this back and forth and the traffic stop turns fatal while he's using the N word and killing his friend he has pulled over. This is in a garage according to the reports. One of the men involved is a city employee at the time. Wood was also employed by the water department and was wearing a water department sweatshirt in the recording, full of government array here. According to sources for local outlet Real News who obtained the video, the clip was posted to Snapchat and was allegedly taken by uh, at Mayor Wood's house using the mayor's vehicle. In the video, he checks a man's ID, uses the N word, he says the slur seven times in the 34 second clip. The song Bad Boys, um, popularly affiliated with the TV show Cops, um, is being blasted throughout the video. All right. So at one point, he allegedly brandishes what appears to be a weapon after yelling freeze N word. Then he pretends to shoot inside of the car. Uh, so there's a statement obtained by WNDU. Uh, so here's what a mayor said. Uh, this behavior would not be tolerated in the city, the mayor's home, or at the workplace. Wood said in the press release on Thursday. This video depicted or depiction is not reflective of Mayor Wood's values, views, nor the way his son and family were raised. Well, you don't say, Mayor. So this is the first time your son, who was at your home, works for your city, has ever said the N-word in your presence. He's still employed. He still comes up to the house, probably stays there. So this is not something that has happened before. All right, um, as it relates to our son, Joseph, this has been a difficult time or diff difficult period for him. Our family and our community, we make no excuses for the reprehensible nature of this video, he continued. We have encouraged him to seek help for his mental health issues. And he has begun that process and is making progress. He is a young man with a full life ahead of him. And we are committed to getting him the assistance he needs. We ask for your continued prayers, privacy, and support. Okay, um, so now racism uh, is a mental health disease, according to the mayor. When you see the video, um, and unfortunately, because of certain rules, we could not play the full video. But when we see the video, um, it is clear this individual is well within his racist mind. It is not a mental health issue. He's simply a bigot and wanted to play a game where he killed a black person. Uh, the employee and Joseph, who also worked for the city, were indefinitely suspended amid an ongoing investigation. Joseph has previously come under fire after he was recently charged for allegedly driving under the influence following a crash in September, according to reports. The arrest came nearly a year 
after Joseph Wood was suspected of driving drunk during a traffic stop in the city, but was instead given a ride home by the police. Is that Joseph? That's the mayor's son. Come on, get back here. Let me take you home. See, a life of not only privilege, but protection from one's own actions. You know, a lot of us grow up not because we got older, not because we made mistakes, but because we learned from them. And when you have a perpetual cycle, an ecosystem of protection, regardless of your action, you never get to that point of realization. So you become an adult who continues to do things like a child. He's quite responsible for his actions. This is not, in my opinion, a mental health issue whatsoever. And shame on the mayor for proclaiming everything but apologizing to black people. All right. Okay. Sharing thoughts here. Yeah, the mayor is, um, I'll say the mayor is 45% culpable here. Okay. Yeah, Paid yeah. suspensions, cops covering things up because the captain and the mayor are friends in the prior incidents you spoke of. Dr. Ritchie, and oh yeah, you got a job at the water department. Nice, respectable young man, only he is a nasty, ignorant, drunken racist, okay? So he still is on this indefinite suspension. Mm, What about the money? Black people pay taxes too. That's right, well said. We will bring you an update on the investigation um, if an update ever comes. Don't hold your breath. We do have an update on a well, a representative who wanted to kill all Palestinians. Well, that representative has now apologized because the, the rep is receiving death threats. Hell of a thing. Let me remind you of the original coverage. Here it is. We are at 10,000 dead Palestinians. How many will be enough? I also... One of my colleagues just said all of them. Wow. One of my colleagues said all of them. One of my colleagues also stated that this is going to dry up their fundraising if we vote on this resolution. I also want that, like, that's what we've become in this state. That's what we've become in this state where we don't care about innocent babies that don't even get the opportunity to blow out their first birthday candle. Um, Naturally, this is the state of Florida. Put up the picture of the rep who has now had a change of heart. The person who called her out is Representative Angie Nixon. We are thankful for Angie, Representative Nixon for doing so. On Thursday, Michelle Salzman, who said she's been receiving death threats over her outburst, took to Twitter to claim she did not intend to advocate for genocide. Quote, I am so incredibly sorry for even the slightest of suggestions that I would want an entire community erased, she wrote. My comments were unapologetically towards the Hamas regime, I never said Palestine. As a wife and mother of a Jew, (laughs) I stand strong in my support for Israel. 
But the heartbreaking loss of Palestinian lives is never a desire of mine. So the representative Salzman, who changed her profile to protect a uh, to protected view, said her family is receiving security protection from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, adding, quote, the threats against me and my family are absolutely real. That's unfortunate, ma'am. We do not advocate for nor condone violence here at Indisputable. I just want to remind you that the threats and the actual dead bodies, including babies, grandmothers, people that are just at work. Well, those are real too. Those are human beings that are dying. And your response was basically kill them all. Are they more valuable than you? Is that life uh, less valuable than you? Or are we all valuable together? As a reminder, the incident occurred at the Florida State Capitol inside of their legislature. Florida State Representative Angie Nixon tapped her colleagues earlier this week to stand with her and calling for a ceasefire in the wake of the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas, not Israel and Palestine. It was only backed by Nixon and Representative Anna Eskamani during the Tenterfield House special session. That's it. Look at that. That's it. A ceasefire for humanitarian reasons. And the vast majority of those in lawmaking position in the state of Florida said, no, we will not stand with you. Florida State Rep Randy Fine, who was Jewish, said about the resolution, if you vote for this, you're an anti-Semite. Wow. Dixon said about the incident on Twitter, state rep said, another of my Democratic colleagues stated they were more concerned about 80% of their fundraising drying up if they were forced to address the humanizing of Palestinian lives. Randy Fine called me evil and whipped the Republican caucus to stand up and turn their backs on me. I have never witnessed so much hate in real life, in real time as I did on yesterday. Republicans and Democrats working together to ostracize someone, simply asking for them to see the humanity in innocent human lives. You don't think they're working toward an agenda here? Let me put it this way. It's one group last year, there was another group in the middle of the year. It's the Palestinians this year, right now. What's to stop it from being black people? What is to stop it? Because right now they have gone through the variations of color. I mean, they have been anti-Brown, anti-Palestinian. What's to stop them from being anti-black? Nothing. Those who are silent and know this is wrong, you have to stand up too. It will take a collective chorus to transition this low level thinking and raise the consciousness of this nation. Without you, I'm talking to the decent people who are silent. You're not that decent if you're silent. 
All right, sharing thoughts. And if you're silent and not that decent, you also are pretending that black babies, brown babies, that rainbow that you're talking about are as important as white babies. Mm. Because if they were to you, you wouldn't be able to be mm. silent. So yeah, the representative asked that question, Doc, about whether, I don't even think she phrased it as a question. She said, "Is this is the state where we don't care about these innocent babies. The only thing she should have heard in the background was yes, or I, right. or whatever they right. say, because it's true. And we have to just have an honest conversation about that. These brown babies aren't worth anything to a lot of people. So sad. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. I'm going to read some of these your comments. And thank you. Thank you everybody for always joining the conversation. We have a lot to discuss. Big shout out to the National Society of Black Physicists. I had the great opportunity to be their keynote presenter over the weekend at the University of Tennessee. Very, very thankful Dr. Rockward, Dr. Roberson, and so many others who came. Even MIT and Cornell University found their way there as well. Big ups to the family of physicists in the community. All right, interesting. Very interesting. Lynn says it's almost as if Trump didn't marry an immigrant. Yeah, I don't think she's coming to the White House a second time. That's just a, I just don't see that happening. She didn't come there the first time. That's right. Um, and Kendrick Simmons, thank you, Doc, and the team for all the work for y'all work on the truth. Um, iron sharp as iron. It's all of us. Miss C. Beasley, in birthright citizenship for certain folks, I'm sure. That's right. Uh, Transforming says uh, his son will probably become the governor. It's getting to that point again, isn't it? Uh, snack underscore Panther, thank you so much for that. Um, this is true. Black Jews are treated different. Uh, Dr. Richard, Ethiopian Jews, catch hell initiative. That's correct. Uh, there, there is, that's a fact. That's a historical fact. Uh, James Thompson, gifted one indisputable with Dr. Rashad Richard membership. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Vicki Gray, gifted five indisputable memberships. Thank you. And Danny Holt, welcome to indisputable Danny. And one from Twitch. Um, Love 18 White Girl says, how do you say the N word seven times in less than 34 seconds? Practice. Practice, that's how. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Let's see that one more time. I want to see the getaway again. Here it is.
Let's put up the picture for a mask. Karenicity and OJ Karen runs deep. But before we jump to conclusions, we need to understand what the hell is in those pies. This whole situation may be explainable if we understand what's the side of the pies to make someone act in such a way. In all seriousness, Karen, the way you're treating people who have decided to serve you food is reprehensible. They do not deserve your extreme treatment. And then the way she decided to run after whatever the hell that was just adds to the insanity of it all. There is no power on this planet that should be able to cause that kind of action. Let me let me stop. Because if my grandmama pie was inside that window and they were stopping me from getting my grandmama pie, it may be a problem. All right, sharing thoughts here. Well, I was just looking it up. The pie, there are real ingredients in it. Okay, they're yep. freshly sliced apples. So mm. I, <laughs> I, that could be it. Okay, I don't know why she acted a fool. Um, but be careful, the filling is hot sometimes, Doc. I just don't know yeah. what to say. Okay, yeah. I don't know about the strawberry and cream one, but there I, are real apples in the other one. It's confirmed. I mean, if it's real apples and they're, they're hard to come by, and if you were supposed to get two and you got one, all right. All right, we, we'll update you on this, Karen, uh, when we get more information. I got something for you, double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel French! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. This is private property. This is private property. Get out of my park if you don't live here. Go ahead and call the cops. They're going to be on my side, not on yours. Okay. Get out. Okay. Now. Go ahead. Go. You go. No, I'm, I don't. Afraid you're gonna run me over. Please go. No. I've been skating for 12 miles. My I don't give it. In your. Okay. This is I, my park. I live in here. I live here too. Where? Same landlord. I live at the park next to you. No, you, no, you can't be in here. Yes, I, but it's the same landlord. He lives in Michigan. I know him. I'm, no. Okay. I'm done. Go. You can go. You can go. Go ahead. What are you taking my picture for? I'm taking a video. He doesn't work in Michigan. They're from Chicago. <laughs> okay. Fascinating. Put up the picture for a mask. Now, the way this Karen poured up on this individual, I mean, obviously, this particular Karen has done this move before. I did not know a golf cart could make such an entrance. Um, I mean, she she whipped it like it was a, I don't know, a, a 64 Chevrolet or something. So she comes in, it would have scared the hell out of anybody whipping up on somebody like that. And it's always interesting to me, keep the picture up, that people who claim that a stranger being around is, is dangerous and they should not be there, they are mighty bold about their confrontation of said individual. I'm saying to me, they're not afraid at all. 
The individual poses no threat. And let me highlight a nuance that I caught the second time when I saw the video earlier today. When he says, I do live here, he explained how long he's been there. Uh, he didn't have to do any of this. She has no right to uh, require him to produce any information. The fact that he knew the landlord did not stay there is an indication he knows what he's talking about. Now, there's a conflict as far as she says they're from this place. She says Chicago, he said Michigan. Uh, but the fact that he's aware the landlord is not there means he has some level of inside information, perhaps because he actually does live there and pays rent to somebody. Sharing thoughts here. What I saw in the footage there, Doc, was one of the bravest Americans, perhaps in history. And you're right, I, I note the courage, the fearlessness of this woman who drove straight into the misfire, I guess you might call it, and the <laughs> right. young blonde cadet who appeared to be with her in yep. the golf cart learning early. Yep. They belong on the front lines, these yeah. parents, as they protect America. That's right. Yeah. I think it was actually, you know, it's, it's a caring version of training day uh, that needs to be made. We need yes. to probably direct that film. All right. How do you become a caring in one day? Overdose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You I feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. And, and what's wrong with you, ma'am? What's your problem? Get off your phone. What's your problem? Get what? off. Get what? off. Don't touch me. Get. Get off. Don't touch me. Get off your. Phone don't touch me. And get off your phone. Don't touch me. You're in a parking lot. You're walking across. I wait for you to park, and you get in front of me. You walk back. That's really stupid. Get off your phone and pay attention to the people I wasn't on walking. The phone. Yeah. Why does that? Yeah, I just turned it on. It's called recording. You dumbass. You were holding it in your hand. I, you were on your I, phone. No, I wasn't on my you phone. You were on your phone. Get out of my face. You pay attention to people that Get are out driving. out of my face. You pay attention to people that are walking. Did I hit you? I wasn't even close to You weren't to your paying ass. attention. I was. You, no, you weren't. Get out of my face. Get out of this parking lot. Get out of my face. Get out of this parking lot. I mean, damn, ma'am. Put it up full mass. What happened to the days of just flipping somebody off and going about your business? I promise you, ma'am, if that would have been your reaction to whatever conflict may have occurred in the parking lot, you would not have ended up on indisputable, okay? But you decided to aggressively come up to someone, demand they leave an entire parking lot that you do not own, and I thought his response was quite decent. That doesn't make sense that you would come up to a person that way. That is a dangerous thing, Karen. I think it is time for an intervention. If somebody knows this particular person, uh, you may want to have a conversation with her. Running up on someone like that could end, well, not well. All right, Sharon, hell of a thing. She owns the parking yeah. lot, got to leave. You gotta leave. I did want to. I looked closely because I had a friend, Doc, in middle school, Christine. I won't give the last name. I thought that was her mother. Okay. Hmm. And she hated her parents, cussed them out. They eventually wow. took the car that she worked hard for 
as punishment. And I thought mm-hmm. that was her. It's not. But that the mother had the same kind of way of dealing with things mm-hmm. over the top, even though she had that little gentle, you would think she's just this nice lady with that little right. haircut. Yeah. It reminded me of her. But I, they, well, they've got to find out who this is. And she's got to have some kind of intervention, carefully. Yeah. Yes, agreed. All right, that's our public service for today. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of these amazing comments. Always a beautiful thing. We appreciate everyone who joins the combo. Um, yeah, Mo Fury, Cartman Carrot is on fire today. That's right. Over 9,000, golf cart Karen thinks she has a license to eel. James Thompson, thank you, James. Uh, the book of knowledge of life is without blame. Dr. Richie, I have a mother dying at 93 of AML. Uh, my prayers, uh, my heart is with you. Uh, for those who are uh, not people of faith, send positive vibrations by way of your thoughts. All right. Um, I'm sorry for the journey. And um, I do pray that you continue to move forward in your faith. As this is all a very natural process, all right? Tanya Lad Merlot. Oh my goodness, she ran over the pipe. Karen is out of control. Yeah. Burning the Kiwi Dragon, thank you. Uh, the pies must contain, <laughs> no. The pies must contain Karenicity. She hadn't had her day's dose and felt her shamelessness and privilege fading. She was in withdrawal. Karen is one hell of a drug. That may be a way to look at it. Uh, also, Reggie K, member for 15 months, double doses. Thank you so much. Karen got those skills playing Mario Kart. Someone throw a banana in front of her. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious. All right, and to Twitch. Pi Karen, Layman underscore Shaman. I swear she said that her first pie was run over like by a car. How was that? McDonald's fault. <laughs> she was clearly mad at herself, but she was taking it out on everyone else. Like I said, what in the hell is inside of the pot? Um, very sad story and very ironic as well. What if I told you a Wendy's manager ends up being arrested because, well, the police, they respond to something completely unrelated and find out that there's a predator situation happening, according to them. Let's put up the picture of Wendy's, a very famous chain restaurant. So this happened in Nashville, Tennessee. The police arrested a 26-year-old woman accused of preying on an underage Wendy's employee at the restaurant. According to the arrest affidavit, Maria, um, Maria Samano Orozzo, Officers were at the restaurant Wednesday for an unrelated incident when a juvenile employee told police his co-worker performed all sex on him, according to the affidavit. The affidavit states the juvenile told police Maria took him into the restaurant's restroom last month 
performed the inappropriate act and admitted to the act on the male who was 16 at the time of the incident. And so what's the scenario? Scenario is A, an officer or multiple cops, maybe a detective is present depending on the call. They're responding to something completely unrelated. And in this, there's a proclamation that by law has to be investigated. You have a minor saying that a sexual abuse has happened. So you have to inquire, well, who? Well, the person right here. And they go and inquire with the person, the person admits it. You have no choice. Um, they have admitted to the felonious act. Damn, what in the hell? All right, so Wendy's has not released a statement according to the update of this report. Um, but this is indicative of some of the lack of managerial protocols in place. We talked about this with a McDonald's not too long ago, where they were actually hiring individuals who were not qualified to work. They were too young, but they were inside of the McDonald's working. Uh, this was not part of the um, overall national, but it was a franchise, which is still licensed by the national. All right. That's a, to me a distinction without a, a difference. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. What do you want me to say? But prior to hearing this one, my daughter and I would complain about they're not selling everything that's on the menu. Okay, she asked for right. strawberry frosty, and they they said we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it today. Mm. This is, I just don't understand the conduct. I don't even understand the confession. But happily, uh, the truth is known, Doc. Yep. Yeah. Truth is now known, um, and I'm sure more. Uh, people knew about it uh, than just them to typically how it goes, unfortunate. Hey, yo, check this out, guys. So what happened is uh, we got Karen and uh, Kenrin and the neighbor here. They're all like getting me. She parked right here and they're like... Hey, don't don't get in her face because if she defend herself, if she defend herself, I got that on camera. She said, you brown bitch, and the next thing you know, it just keep on going, keep on going. So you see this? It's just crazy. Yo. And they don't stop, and they won't stop. Yeah. Him and her. This ain't the first time. This is like a couple of times they did it to other people and harassed people about parking near this area right here. And then that other neighbor right there, she's also racist. And she lived down the street. And it got nothing to do with her. And she came out and just started cursing. So. Put up the picture, full mass. You see, Many Karens have this problem. They believe that public property, we've been here before. We've seen Karens react this way about a parking spot on property they do not own. They tend to believe that where you park, if it is in proximity to where they want to park, or perhaps are accustomed to parking, that it is somehow a violation, it is not. 
I'm doing this as a PSA to all carers around the world. Typically, there's a phone number you can call. It's called your city government. That's why we have a mayor, an elected mayor on the show right now. I'm sure he gets his fair share of caring calls. But at least you're calling an authority that could do something if they chose to. But as far as going after people because they are parking a car in proximity of where you don't want cars parked, that's a no-no. All right, Mr. Mayor, you know, sometimes, dear brother, I think about your executive leadership position, sir. And I say, you know, he has to deal with a lot of different personalities. And I'm sure you have come across people that make a very big deal out of something seemingly small and something they really don't have the authority to enforce. How do you handle that as an executive leader? How would you handle something like this? Uh, the Karen that believes she owns the street. Yeah, I mean, like there are no parking spots because someone parks in front of your house on a public street does not automatically means that's your parking space. I'm looking uh, in the video for, for any marking, there are no markings. And then to see her walking diagonally means this is not even your house. No policy can fix this. This is this is whiteness. This can't be legislated out. This woman needs to understand that I would say as an executive of a city, never approach anyone, never approach anyone about anything because vigilante justice sounds good on a Marvel movie or a Batman show. But in real life, that can wind up with someone getting really hurt and injured. And a lot of the times, hurt. I, I think I think to me, this is just uh, listening to the other neighbor who was recorded saying this. She has a habit of this. This is just someone who believes that her neighborhood shouldn't have certain people in there. And I don't have to get fancy for, for people to understand what I'm saying. Yeah, there you go. All right. A very sad story. Let's put it up full mass. A black teen, she was bystander. She dies after a shooting near near Georgia State University in Atlanta. 19-year-old DeAsia Hart, a Georgia mother, who was caught in the middle of crossfire and left in critical condition following the shooting near Georgia State University. This happened October 29th. She later died from her injuries. On November 6th, according to WSB TV, her family questioning GSU about, quote, why patrol car was parked across the street and did not render aid to her. Hart's loved ones shared a heartfelt statement about her life, emphasizing she was a loving friend, family member, and mother to her one-year-old child. And how she was a recent 2023 graduate who planned to enroll in school for spring of 2024 with aspirations to become a lawyer. Per Atlanta News First, the family has hired nationally recognized attorney L. Chris Stewart, he happens to be a good friend of mine, to investigate the incident. He has a major firm. Hart's family said Atlanta's 911 call center did not respond to multiple calls following the shooting and said Hart's friends put her in their own car and drove her to the hospital themselves. There's more. According to Channel 2 Action News, they received the following statement from Georgia State University Police Department in response to the family's claim that a GSU patrol car was parked across the street and did not render aid. Quote, GSUPD was notified by Atlanta Police Department of the 
of the shooting incident. When JSU police arrived, the city of Atlanta Police Department was on scene. As from all the videos we have reviewed, we did not see a police vehicle in the footage until Atlanta police arrived after the incident had taken place, end quote. Details of the shooting are this, three other innocent bystanders described as one male, two females, who were also shot that morning, reportedly transported themselves to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The incident happened in the early hours of October 29th at about 5 a.m. near a racetrack gas station. Local police said the shooting was a result of two groups fighting, Atlanta News first reported. The outlet noted that a large group was present at the gas station across from a student dorm and dining hall. Let's put up the surveillance footage. Officials shared surveillance video related to the incident, which showed one of the persons of interest in a purple hoodie holding a firearm on the left. Police said after the shooting, the man took off his hoodie and discarded the weapon. They are also looking to identify two more people connected to the case and urging the public to reach out with any information. Put up the mayor. Hart's family also called on Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens to take a position on gun control. In an October 29th statement, GSU president Brian Blake announced two of the victims were students, but did not release their identities. He also swore the safety of the GSU community was a top priority as a university will be assisting police on the matter. Meanwhile, some of the students told 11 Alive. They feel a lack of safety on campus following the shooting. The October 29th shooting comes roughly six months after a shooting in April in which another student was shot. A similar incident happened in December of the previous year, resulting in a fatality. All the incidents happened at or near the racetrack gas station near the intersection of Piedmont Avenue. And for those of you who may not know the campus of Georgia State University, um, or the student body makeup. Um, so let me explain. One, you have a lot of black students now that go to Georgia State University. Number two, you also have a lot of interaction with the public because the campus is affixed inside of the city. It is not a campus in a traditional sense where you have your own property without another property infringing on it. It is in the city. And it is quite accessible, all right? Uh, so these things have happened near Georgia State University uh, and not typically on the campus, but the campus is not as narrowly defined as you would define the campus of, let's say, another college, all right, like Georgia Tech. Um, but it is defined um, by way of building and structure. It's a hell of a thing. The bottom line is this there should be more police security, especially given the fact that these crimes have elevated in the city of Atlanta. So I understand the parents' point of view. Um, there should have been much more security present. And if a officer or an officer was around, uh, first aid should have been rendered immediately. All right, sharing thoughts here. The lack of leadership. Yeah. It's a lack of leadership. And I'm not talking about the college president, Blake, for GSU. It is time for Mayor, listen, it may not be fair, but it is time for Mayor Dickens to figure it out. 
He has been front and center leading the way on a $90 million training center. Right. Okay. It's time for you to lead on this. If you want Atlanta to stay great and you want people to keep coming here and sending their babies here, I don't know if there was a car there or not, but because there's so many lies being told constantly, Dr. Ritchie, I side with mom and the family until we learn more. They'll get my benefit of the doubt. Mayor Andre Dickens, lead. This is the most important thing. There's so many other things I could list. Check my Twitter. And I will say this about the mayor's leadership. It makes no sense, brother, that they had to put this woman inside of their own vehicle and drive her to the hospital because 911 was non-responsive according to the family. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. That is squarely under your jurisdiction. There is no jurisdictional issue. You are in charge of 911. You are in charge of the police. I don't give a damn what they say. I don't care what the chief says. You, sir, have executive control over the police department, okay? These things are avoidable when a person is shot naturally, seconds create a lifetime. All right. Can I tell you one other thing yes. real quick? In the last year and a half, as you know, I've had to call 911 to get aid for my elderly parent. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm put on hold. Wow. Every time there's a recording. It's so Mayor unfortunate. Dickens. Mm. We were here two years ago. Like literally two years ago, we had a very similar story about how everybody was being put on hold when they called 911. It was automatic. It wasn't that you got somebody to put your hold. back. Right, so it's back now. Mm -hmm. Damn shame. All right, we we will do a follow up on that for sure. All right, we got more on the other side. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right, let's get it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the bullpen. He's back, David Grasso. Always great to be here, Doc. Yep, CEO of TV. Good to have you, man. So we're going to talk about the Donald Trump deportation uh, dynamic, which um, ironically uh, is not that abnormal. He said things like this before, but there's an exacting precision to how they will implement. There's a focus here that has never been, meaning. This is likely more than just rhetoric. So I don't want to presume what you know or believe about some of these proclamations that have come out, but I would like to get your sentiment on them, but we can we can then debate the issue if we have disagreement. Yeah, so immigration is always a touchy issue, right? Because immigration is one of those few issues that affects American society permanently. Also, most of us, a lot of us anyway, descent from immigrants. My mom is a refugee and my dad is the grandson of Italian immigrants. So it's an it, policy literally affects the people who live next door to us. I think high level, we have to figure out what's going on economically in the United States and across the developed world. Birth rates are dropping. As we know, you know, many of our friends don't have kids. And if they do, they might have one. And that's not enough to sustain a growing retired population. The Trump administration during its last four years had a very restrictive immigration policy. Whether it was accidental or on purpose, um, because a lot of things, you know, ended up being struck down by the courts. So a lot of these proposals, let's start off with that, Doc, won't work because 
of something called the courts. You know, a lot of them are probably not legal. Second, we need a certain level of immigration because our birth rate isn't high enough. And third, we live in an era where inflation is a problem. So if we don't have a growing population, we will continue to have inflation. Immigration keeps down the cost of goods and services because it reduces labor costs. Okay. And lastly, another important point to consider is that really fundamentally, uh, we do have a problem. Our immigration system is broken, and I think that's bipartisan. But we, what we really need to focus on is, number one, figuring out what's going on at the border. And number two, figuring out what to do with the more than 10 million people who live here, uh, you know, with uh, undocumented. They don't have legal status in this country. All right. So let me, let me make some proposals to you. Um, we say 10 million people are here undocumented. And culture says the number is over 20 million. The truth is, um, everybody is lying. Nobody actually knows the true number of undocumented individuals inside of the United States. We do know this. We know that overall, um, the workforce of immigrants and, and undocumented immigrants provide more revenue to the United States government than they could ever take away. So yes. you can't make an economic argument here. We also understand that based on comparative demographics, undocumented workers commit less crime than yes, any correct. other demographic in the United States of America, comparatively speaking. Once again, so you cannot make the argument successfully with people that understand the numbers. You can trick them and say it, but it doesn't mean it's true. So here's one particular policy proposal if Trump gets back into office. And they floated this idea a long time ago. It's called birthright citizenship. Now, this is a very simple concept. If you're born in America, you're an American citizen. That's it. 14th Amendment um, provides that opportunity. It was really created because there was a big debate many, many years ago if black people could ever be citizens in America because our lineage would trace back according to them from Africa. And because of that, lineage, we could never be citizens. Well, the 14th Amendment said, mm -mm, we're going to make sure anybody who's born on American soil can have the uh, citizenship applied at that point, regardless of lineage prior. They're going to touch, they're going to overturn birthright citizenship somehow. And according to uh, the person on the inside, basically the way the administration is going to do this is sidestep the law by ordering federal agencies not to issue documents like a social security card or passport to children of non-citizens, according to them. And then the policy, obviously unconstitutional, according to the current, um, the current ruling of the Supreme Court, Trump's entourage hopes to have it in place prior to the eventual Supreme Court ruling, simply meaning that within the time frame it takes for the Supreme Court to make a ruling on this and say, hey, listen, what you're doing is illegal. Uh, they would have done the damage they wanted to do. Now, this is the administration, possible new administration, blatantly saying, we are going to break the law intentionally, understanding that the Supreme Court has to get around to telling us, no, that's wrong. What are your thoughts about that? You know, I don't think it's a good plan. I think I understand the frustration with our immigration system. You know, naturalizing my husband has been a horrible mm. process. 
you know, and I think that we can all agree that we have a problem. Purposefully going and supporting unconstitutional measures is not appropriate for any administration. In fact, conservatives typically have a huge problem with liberal administrations doing that. So, you know, just because one side does it doesn't mean that the other side should do it either. I really think we have to admit that we should prioritize dealing with the population who has already been here for many years, has been paying taxes, and people like dreamers, their families, and other people who have significantly contributed to our labor force. Um, Unfortunately, the way things work right now is that someone coming across the border yesterday has basically an easier time getting naturalized in many cases than people like, you know, who were brought here as kids without documents. And I think that needs to change. Also, there's a huge problem in our immigration system. For those who did enter illegally, there is no way for them to adjust their status because it's like a turnstile coming into the United States, right? It's like showing up at Disney World and not going through the entrance. You have to have a legal entry. And that is a huge problem for the 10 plus million people we have here. So I think there is room for bipartisan agreement instead of just this obstructionism, which doesn't benefit anyone. If something is illegal and is going to be found unconstitutional, why do it in the first place? How about we trade more border security, reforming our refugee, you know, status issue in exchange for a legal path? to some sort of documentation for people who, quite frankly, are already living among us. That's what I would practice. You know, it is quite fascinating to me that the conversation seems to be difficult among people that actually understand policy or allegedly understand policy, right? You make the economic argument, they don't care. You make the argument about individuals living a very productive life. And so at some point, David, you have to admit the reason they want to do this, the reason they want to deport, the reason they want to create concentration camps basically has nothing to do with the revenue, the economic dynamic, has nothing to do with resources, has nothing to do with crime. So what's left, dear brother? Why do you think they really want to do this according to the breakdown of the plan we see before us? Well, you know, I will answer that question, don't get me wrong. But I think I want to touch on one thing. If you really want to stop undocumented people from working, go after employers. I don't think that's a point I've made many times here on this show uh, because the same federal law makes that illegal. That's right. That's right. The law is the law. Enforce the law. We encourage every administration to enforce the law. But why go after regular people who are just seeking a better economic law? Why do you think, brother? Come on, man. You already know why. I want you to say it. I think it has a lot to do with white identity politics. That's right. You know, uh, Caucasians are worried about becoming a minority. What they don't understand is that, you know, a lot of racial narratives in this country are white, black. Right. If you look at me, I'm an ethnic European. Right. But I'm Hispanic. Right. And there's people who look like you who are Hispanic. And I have cousins who are Chinese who are Hispanic. You you have to understand. And by the way, they're changing the census form to include ethnicity or race so that we're in a different category. Yeah. You have to understand this whole idea that this country is going to become a white minority country is just a bunch of BS. The the demographics are. It's not happening. You have to slice up everyone into little, little pies 
in order to get where you are. But that is drummed up for support. And unfortunately, a huge part of the conservative movement these days are those white identity politics. And I think we have to be honest about that. Yeah, and I will say this, uh, dear brother, based on what you just offered uh, to the show, based on their definition, based on their definition of whiteness. Now remember, they categorized this, created the category, uh, made themselves at the top of the chain of that category. The definition of whiteness has been changed over time. So based on their um, held definition of whiteness, you're a threat to them and, and others are a threat to them. Even though it's only a social construct they made up. That's the issue here. We literally are becoming a nation imploding because of definitions of societal constructs that were created in order to have separation in the first place and show a hierarchy of dominance. So let me go back to something you said that I do agree with um, wholeheartedly. And I've talked about this on the show quite often, and that is the employer uh, dynamic. Over 90% of undocumented workers come to America for what? Work, right? The same federal law that says it is against the law to work without proper documentation in America. That same federal law, the subsidiary, says, and it's illegal to what? Hire them. But you never see the HR director, the um, job recruiter, the CEO, the COO, they are never arrested at the warehouse or wherever they go to do a, a 600 people being arrested. There's a helicopter in the sky from the local news team. So obviously this was planned, but you never see the people who are in leadership who provide the opportunity, who are the catalyst to the issue. They're not even talked about in the political circles. They're not talked because about in the policy Because you're missing a step there. Okay. These people work for third party companies and it's a huge business, okay? So, you know, in my office building, the people who clean are, are, you know, they're hired by a third party okay. so that, you know, a name you know that's in the stock market doesn't have to employ undocumented people, right? But, and farm work is a lot of that. You know, I believe yeah. there's been a lot of documentaries about, you know, the effect of Mexican labor on our well, agriculture. Food system. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, without those people working hard, we literally wouldn't have salad. So I think we have to be honest about things. And I think the extremism in this argument where, you know, we go from open borders to concentration camps is wildly damaging to everybody. We need yeah. to have an honest conversation about the incentives that we're creating for undocumented migration. You know, think about my mom's home country. Almost 5% of the population of Cuba has left in the past three years. So you can imagine just it's a mass exodus, right? And of course, we have a fast track towards documentation because of our involvement in politics. And I would recommend other ethnic groups are as involved in politics as Cubans are because it's been very successful. But the bottom line is we have to examine our system and listen to conservatives when they talk about moral hazard. But at the same time, we have to listen to liberals when they say, hey, why are we persecuting people? Go after employers. And also these people have been here in many cases, 20, 30, 40 years. What, they're paying taxes and suddenly we're gonna evict them now? That's not fair. That's not economically smart. And considering our birth rate, that is logistically not very wise. And let me say this, dear brother. And you could go back through our archives. You could find it on YouTube, on Indisputable. We covered a story here. It was a fascinating story. A person who was an ICE agent. This man literally worked for customs. His job was to deport people 
back to their homeland. Come to find out, he was always undocumented himself. I, I, I've read about Remember that. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of a story. Did they say, you know what? You have dedicated decades to this agency. You have been a remarkable uh, friend of this agency and this country. We are going to work things out for you. Hell no. They fired him, um, detained him, okay? And he had to fight and claw just to remain in the United States of America after that kind of service. When I saw that, brother, I said, there is no hope for anyone to make a good faith argument to anybody inside of this government under that kind of hierarchy and ridiculous draconian leadership. Do you not agree? You know, and what's really interesting is here in the United States, anyone who is anti-immigrant, it's very bizarre to me because most of us, some of us were brought here involuntarily, of course, but most of us, you know, somebody somewhere chose to come here. And back then there were no borders. And yes, when my dad's family from Sicily showed up, they were not white. They had to join the Italian mafia in Chicago in order to survive. So we are forgetting our own history. And when we see those personalities on those channels that are of Irish, Italian descent, it makes my blood boil because a century ago, we were treated poorly. We were not considered white. This, this rotating cast of who we have to bully next. And my big concern for Hispanics is that because we've become part of the majority now, or you know, absorbed into general American culture, that we're going to do the same to newer immigrants from Asia, or from Africa, etc. Because this seems to be like the circle of bullying that every society does. And I think we have to stop somewhere. We have to understand that this is a melting pot. It's not an ethno state. It's based on an idea. And also, we're just simply not having enough children. So whether you like it or not, we need people to support our retirement system. If you are a baby boomer, and you are looking to depend on Social Security and Medicare, you should be pro-smart immigration. Here's the bottom line. Anytime you start to adopt the narrative of your historic oppressor, it is time for you to look in the mirror, period. Dear brother, it is always a pleasure having you on the program. Um, we'll have you back very soon. Thank you. Tell Great conversation. Thanks, Doc. Yep, tell people how they can follow you. Check out your work. Yeah. Thanks. So I'm at Grosso Roots, G-R-A-S-S-O-R-O-T-S. I do videos on Instagram. Follow me. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.